There's something about being in a small community, but it being mighty, right? Uh, I grew up in a church this small, and uh, I remember just being a little kid in the back, praising the Lord with just 12 other people, but there is always that presence of God there. Um, Thank you for having me here today. I'm Aiden Handel, if you don't know me. I preached here once, um, and now this is my second opportunity, so thank you for inviting me. Thank you, Pastor Jared, for allowing me to have this ability and this privilege. Um, If you don't know me, I currently work at Faith Chapel um, as a church planning resident, and what that means is that eventually I want to plant a church, so... I'm a crazy man, you know. Um, I want to plant a church in New York City with my wife. She's from the Bronx, so we just have a heart for that community because they need God. They need God. And uh, we also work with CLDI, who work with the Southside community to do some great things. And um, I'm excited to be here with you today because the Lord has been really moving me in a direction that I wasn't expecting But sometimes that's good, because when you let the Lord move, he does the rest, right? Amen? Um, So let's pray. I I just always want to start with creating that atmosphere, so let's just pray. Uh, Lord, I pray, uh, first and foremost, Father, that you would humble me, Lord. I pray, Father, that this wouldn't be me speaking, Lord, that it would be my preaching. No, no, Lord, this is your preaching, Lord. This is your opportunity to speak, Father. So I pray, Lord, that wherever you want it to go, lead me, speak to me, show me, Father. I pray, Lord, that all the people here today, that their hearts would be receptive, Lord, and that they would be open to hear your word, Father. Allow you to speak to every heart here today, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you are good, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So the message today is called Pockets of Heaven, Pockets of Heaven. And um, I kind of came up with this idea um, myself because there is these moments in my life where I've experienced such a profound, tangible presence of God. Has anyone else felt that before? Like, it's not even, like, the greatest moment or, like, it's not like I won the lottery or anything. Like, usually it's in my house or it's when I'm driving in the car or, or when I'm in church. It, it, it creates these pockets of heaven. I remember when I was younger, uh, I... I am young still, (laughs) if you could see that. But when I was more young, um, I I had a really hard time having a voice. Um, I, when I was younger, I got touched inappropriately, and it created kind of this destructive um, sin throughout my life. Um, And I was scared, and I felt weak. And along with that, puberty hit me like a truck, and uh, my voice literally sounded like Mickey Mouse. Not even kidding. You ask my family, that's how it sounded. Um, But because of that, I was so scared to speak at school uh, to the point where I would speak in one of my Spanish classes, and my teacher would laugh at me behind my back. I could hear her. Everyone would laugh at me. So you could imagine that that created the space where I felt like I couldn't be heard 
where I couldn't be seen and where I couldn't speak. And I remember when I was younger, feeling like an outcast of my family. My family were missionaries and great parents, great brother. Uh, the only thing is that when we would do missions, every single time, they knew who my parents were, they knew who my brother was, but they didn't know who I was. And we went every single year, but they didn't know who I was, and that felt like I wasn't worthy to be seen. And I remember when I was in eighth grade, I was 13 years old, and I went to this Christian camp, uh, similar to what Faith Chapel does um, every year, and I went up and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't want to come down this mountain not knowing what you have for me. I do not want to come down this mountain again and not have a voice. And I remember going with that in my heart, 13 years old, eighth grade, and I remember there was this, this moment where uh, this lady named Kelly was praying around our circle of, of kids that we had, um, and I was anticipating her to get to me. I was anticipating her to tell me what God had for me. And I remember he, I had my eyes closed, and she was going around and around. And it was getting closer and closer. I was like, yes, Lord, yes. And I remember she got to me, and she said only three words, you will be a leader, or four words, <laughs> you will be a leader. And I remember from that moment on um, that I was going to go after that calling. Uh, up to that point, I wanted to be a zoologist because I wasn't good with people. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I wasn't good with people, and animals can't really understand me, so that works. Um, but then the Lord called me to be a leader, and that meant that I would have to be with people. But I remember the moment that I was called, there was this pocket of heaven. Uh, it, it was the tangible presence of God because I knew that God was good. <laughs> I knew that God was good, and I knew he saw me, and I knew he had a purpose for me. I was caught in this pocket of heaven because I knew that in this space, the Lord was living and was moving and was starting to start something new in my life. That was the up of my life. But sometimes these pockets of heaven, these moments where we feel the presence and the, the tangible presence of God, isn't always in the ups. Uh, I remember talking to my small group people that are in my group, and one of them had said that when they felt the presence of God was when their sister was on her deathbed, and she had moments to live and, she, and he said there was just this presence that overwhelmed him. I mean, I can't describe that. Like, I, I felt the presence of God when I was called to be a leader. He felt the presence of God when death was face-to-face -face with him. And that just shows how God isn't limited to any space. The purpose of this message is to present you the reality that throughout your life, there have been pockets of heaven that these pockets of heaven have been through the struggles, they've been through the moments of joy, but they've also been in the moments of uncertainty. But in these moments, it has shown proven evidence of the presence and love of God in your life. So what is a pocket of heaven? 
A pocket of heaven are the moments in your life where the presence of God is so tangible that it feels almost as if heaven was on earth. There's a peace, there's a love, and there's a presence that is indescribable. This indescribable presence was when I was called to be a pastor, uh, called to be a leader. And uh, I remember hours before I was getting married uh, to my beautiful wife here in the front, uh, I remember the anticipation. It, it was hours before I was going to get married, and I remember uh, the whole week had been super windy and violent wind, but this day... I was praying, Lord, please don't let it be windy. Like, we have been preparing for this moment. Do not allow it to be windy. And I remember stepping outside at 6 in the morning and it being silent. And I remember uh, going to something called the hoopah. So I'm part Jewish and Mexican, which I call double blessing. <laughs> um, and... So we, I, I built this hoopah, and it's built out of four logs, these big logs um, that I had cut down in the middle of winter, and I remember I had to carry it on my back and sled it to my house, and um, I remember my dad saying, I'm not going to help you because this is for your wife, and I want you to work for this. So I remember sanding the wood down. I remember getting it nice and smooth, and then I remember having to put wood finish on it and make it look really shiny and beautiful. And I remember having to cut it to make the right adjustments. And I remember the moment that I went under it to pray for my wife. That all those things that... Sorry, I'm getting really emotional. <laughs> Holy Spirit, don't let me cry too much. Um, and I remember going under the hoopah and there's this covering in Jewish culture that represents like the Ten Commandments. And it, it, it represents that when you're under it, that I would make a shelter for my wife for the rest of my days. And I remember going under it before, hours before I was going to get married and praying for my wife before she was even my wife. And I want you to know that it took forever to get this wedding together because not only did my wife and I plan this wedding by ourselves, but we provided financially for it by ourselves, too, with, with God's grace. Um, and we had times of crying and frustration. And, but in this moment, I remember sitting under the hoopah and, and feeling the goodness of God overflow over me. It, it was no longer frustration. It was no longer struggle. It was awareness that the presence of God was evident in my life. And I remember being there, and there's a love, and there's a peace. And I remember praying for my wife, aware that the Holy Spirit, that the Lord was covering us before we have even gotten married. That's another up of my life. Uh, in the Bible, um, in Acts, in Acts 16, 22 through 24, we have a story of Paul and Silas. And um, what was happening is they were preaching the gospel and there was this demon-possessed woman that basically would tell futures. And people of the community were abusing that power of that demon uh, to make money. 
Well, they were following Paul and Silas constantly and constantly. Well, finally, Paul got so frustrated that he was like, I cast you out, demon. And the demon was cast out. Well, the community didn't really like that because they were making money off of this woman. And uh, what they decided to do, as we'll read right now, um, they decided to beat up Paul and Silas to basically the point of death. So let's read this scripture And I want to show you a different point of view of a pocket of heaven. In Acts 16, 22 through 24, it says, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped down and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in their inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. At the hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately, he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Now, why is this a pocket of heaven? Uh, Well, it's because Paul and Silas were beaten to the point of death. They were sent to jail for preaching the gospel, but still they praised God. Don't you see that turnaround? Um, And I believe with all my heart that in that moment when when Paul and Silas were in jail, singing hymns and singing uh, songs to the Lord, that they were caught in this pocket of heaven where the presence of God was real, where the love of God was real, where the presence of God was real. But what would have happened if Paul and Silas got out of that pocket of heaven? Uh, What I want to tell you today is um, there was this image that was given to me of a a pocket of heaven. It's kind of shaped like a pocket. So it's like this, and there's an open end on top, and uh, like this, open end on top. And there's this little dot, and this little dot represents us because we're small in the presence of God, right? Um, and where this little die and the surrounding space in this pocket is the Lord, is the Lord's presence. So it's, it's open-ended, but it's closed. So in this pocket of heaven, uh, the presence of God is in, encapsulated in this moment. It's, it's closed off. But because we are humans of free will, we have the decision to either stay in the pocket of heaven or get out of it. Does that make sense? So that means that when the presence of God comes on us, we can go back into our human nature and say, no, Lord, I'm frustrated with you. I don't like you right now. Uh, This happened. Why why are you trying to make me feel your presence? I don't want to feel it right now. 
you're out of the pocket. We, we have a choice. So if Paul and Silas, imagine if they got out of the pocket of heaven. Imagine if they weren't singing songs to the Lord. What if they cursed the Lord for being put in jail and beaten? It wouldn't have turned out the same way. But because they were caught in this pocket of heaven and they were reminded of the goodness of God, they knew who they were, so they stood still in where they were and they sang praises to the Lord. Have you ever felt that you are so far down in your life, but the presence of God was still touching your heart, still poking at you and saying, son or daughter, I love you. Son or daughter, I have peace to provide to you. Son or daughter, I have love to give to you. The Lord's presence is not limited to good or bad times. In my life, I felt the presence of God in good times, but I also felt it in the down times. Paul and Silas were just beaten. It wasn't a good time, right? (laughs) No one wants to get beaten, but they still praised the Lord because they were caught in a pocket of heaven and they decided to stay in that pocket. Our first point today is when caught in pockets of heaven, we are given a choice. We're given a choice to, to stay in it, or we're given a choice to get out of it. I remember, uh, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> uh, I remember my mom's uncle had passed away, which is my, uh, my de- mom's brother, which is my uncle, had passed away. And uh, my uncle had passed away in Mexico, and my mom had to go to Mexico to search through his stuff to basically see what he had because they didn't really know what he had. He, he kind of left. He was away from his family. Um, and I remember at one point my mom was so overwhelmed that she could barely stand on the stairs because she had just lost her, her, her brother and she wasn't there. Not only that, but my mother is a, a Lord lover, uh, God-fearing woman. <laughs> she is. But I remember that she was so distraught by the reality that her brother not, may have not known Jesus and I may have died away from her family. And my mom didn't really know because they, they were close, but they weren't close. They weren't talking. Uh, if you call Mexico, it costs a lot of money, honestly. Um, and I remember my mom was frustrated because she was like, God, why would you allow my brother to pass away, away from me, not knowing if he knew you? I mean, that's, that's like my brother, like my brother's in California. If he would have passed away and I didn't know that he loved Jesus, that would hurt me. I mean, I can't even believe, I couldn't even get in that headspace of thinking like that because I couldn't imagine living without my brother but I also couldn't imagine my brother not having Jesus if he had passed away. It's hard. It's really hard. And I remember my mom searching through the stuff and, and looking for all these things, and she found a couple letters and um, different items. And there was one letter that my mom had wrote, uh, had written, read, sorry, read. Um, and I remember that she read it, and it had said, my, my uncle had said that someone had made fun of his father and that he was going to go back to Mexico to murder that person. 
Um, he said it in, in clear ink on, on a piece of paper, saying that he was going to do this. And um, I mean, that was the first letter my mom found. So what would you think? He's apart from Christ. I mean, if he has murder in his heart, he's probably apart from Christ. Well, my mom found another letter, and it said this. It said, I saw that man that said that, um, that I said I was going to murder, but I couldn't do it because I had a heart and I had a love for him that was unexplainable. <laughs> I thank my Lord Jesus. I thank my Lord Jesus that I did not do what I had in my heart. And then that moment, my mom was caught in a pocket of heaven because she realized that the Lord was working when she wasn't there. Sometimes the Lord is working in people that you don't think are, they're work, he's working in. My mom was to the point of saying, Lord, why have you let this happen? But the Lord assured her, the Lord gave her a love and a peace and a presence that was unexplainable in that moment. She was caught in a pocket of heaven, and she was given a choice. She either could have cursed God for letting her brother die in Mexico away from her family, or she could have praised God for the goodness that he, he had given to her brother, that, that, he, that the Lord had reached out to him even though she wasn't there, still working in him even though she was not aware. Point number two is pockets of heaven happen not only in the highs of life, but also the lows. A great example of this is the story of Elijah. In 1 Kings 19, 1 through 13, and I want you to remember that Elijah was this awesome man of God. He called fire from heaven. He did amazing things in the Lord's name. And in this moment, he was caught in a moment where he felt worthless. So 1 Kings 19, 1 through 13. It says, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, and now he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. If by this time tomorrow I do not make your... I do not make your life like that of one of them. Basically saying, if I don't have you killed by tomorrow, that's not going to look good. Um, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very jealous for the Lord Almighty, 
the Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the mountain. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And I'm going to continue a little bit. He replied, I have been very jealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. Elijah was asking the Lord to kill him. This was the same man had, that had performed miracles in the Lord's name, and now he was at a point where he was asking the Lord to kill him. Imagine how low he was. Imagine how far from God he must have felt. But in that moment, the Lord gave him food and gave him water. In your moments of distress, in your moments of struggle, how many times has the Lord gave you food and water for your soul, for your heart? For your body. In that moment, the Lord didn't come in the fire, didn't come in the wind, didn't come in the earthquake, but came in a gentle whisper. Sometimes these pockets of heaven are not in the chaos of the world or the chaos of your life. They're in the moments where you become aware of the presence of God, where you become firmly aware of the presence of God. Elijah was frustrated, asking the Lord to take his life, but the Lord still provided his presence because he wanted to remind Elijah, this is who you are, Elijah. You aren't too far from me. I'm not going to grant your wish. I'm not going to kill you. No, this is who you are, Elijah. Get up and go. How many times do we have to be reminded of who we are? How many times do we have to be reminded of the goodness of God? Why? Because if we're reminded of who we are, and if we're reminded of the goodness of God, then we will be aware of the presence of God. Number three, pockets of heaven serves as reminders of the goodness of God. Serves as reminders of the goodness of God. I remember... um, this is one of the best stories that my dad had told me, and it's one of my favorite. Um, my, my dad was in a meeting uh, with some native council, and they're about to have a meeting, and this man came in. His name was Redbird, and he came running in, and he was like, I need prayer because I have been going through a time of struggle, and um, I, just, I just really need prayer. And the council had said, you know, we'll pray for you afterwards, but right now we're going to have a meeting um, but my dad in his heart felt c- compassion for this man, and he said, no, how about let's pray for him, and then we'll have the meeting after. Uh, very much my dad. <laughs> um, and I remember um, they started praying for him, and my dad isn't very good at English, um, and I remember him saying that he was praying over this man named Redbird, and 
he was praying in, in, in English, well, he ran out of English because he's not good with the English. And he started speaking in Spanish because that's his native tongue. And he, he started speaking in Spanish and he ran out of Spanish. And then he started speaking in um, the, the language of, of the Lord and he ran out of that too. And um, he, was, he was praying in the language of the Lord and, and Red, Redbird had, for a moment, stopped and asked my dad, who are you? And, and my dad said, well, I'm just a pastor, I'm a Mexican Jewish, and, you know, said all the details that he probably didn't need to say. Um, and in that moment, Redbird was like, no, who, who are you? Because that prayer that you had just said in my native tongue was the same prayer that was prayed over me when I was in prison by my grandmother. My dad didn't know the native language, but the Holy Spirit allowed him to have his language so that he would understand that the Lord was with him and the Lord knew who he was as a native. And, and, and the Lord allowed my father to speak his tongue so that he would understand the same exact prayer that his grandmother would pray in prison for him was the prayer that my father had prayed over him, not knowing. Well, my dad continue, con- continues to pray for Redbird, and uh, he starts weeping and crying because he said, My Lord, you are not a God of the Caucasians, but you are my God. You are my God, and you understand my language. You understand me. You understand my struggles. You, you are native, but you are also the, the God of the people. You understand me. Because my dad was speaking his language, he now knew and he was aware of the presence of God because he knew the language that he spoke. Sometimes the Lord has to remind us that he speaks our language. Oh, isn't that good? The Lord speaks our language. Sometimes we feel like the Lord is so far apart that he doesn't understand what we are saying, but the Lord says that he understands your language, he understands your struggles, he understands that you have this human uh, sinful nature, but yet he will provide you the presence and he will provide you the awareness of his goodness, and he will provide you everything that you need. Why? Because you are not apart from his presence. And if you allow him to be a part of your life, you will be caught in this pocket of heaven where you would become aware of the goodness of God. And because you become aware of the goodness of God, you will be aware of who you are in Christ. Wouldn't it be beautiful if Christians knew who they were in Christ? And I believe that it's, it's possible. But we must become aware of who God is first. Pockets of heaven are for everyone. Pockets of heaven are for everyone. Um, in, in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 11, it says a pretty awesome scripture. Um, it, it says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a 
time to weep and a time to laugh, time to mourn and a time to dance, time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, a time to give up, and a time to keep a time of, to throw away, a time to tear and a time of, to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I've seen the burden of God that God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet, no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Eternity is in the hearts of everyone. So what this means to me is that eternity is not only for believers, but it's also for unbelievers. Does that make sense? Now, I'm not saying that unbelievers go to heaven, no. I'm saying that the presence of God is not limited to believers, but is also stretches to unbelievers. I remember plenty of times asking unbelievers, have you felt a presence where you felt love and peace that was unexplainable? And almost all the time, they have felt a moment like that. Have you ever come across that? Where someone says to you a story and they're like, man, and there's this love or this happened and it was just was unexplainable and you're like, I know why. <laughs> that was God. Uh, but you don't want to say that because you don't want them to go away. But um, the pockets of heaven are not limited to believers but also extends to unbelievers because within us is an eternity. Within us there is this possibility that we can become aware of the presence of God. The Lord has seasons for everyone. The Lord has moments where we feel up and where we feel down, where we feel like we just are teared down, and when we feel like we're the best person in the whole universe. Uh, but sometimes the Lord has to remind us of his presence. And that's the point of pockets of heaven. These points in your life, where you have felt an unexplainable love and peace of God is throughout your whole life. If you thought about it, I could almost bet you that you can think of hundreds of moments where the presence of God was so sweet and the love of God was so sweet and so tangible. And if you think about those moments, those pockets of heaven, you can be aware of the goodness of God and you could remember that the Lord hasn't been as far as you thought he has been. He has been there throughout your whole life, trying to get you into his presence, trying to make you aware of his presence. And if we hold on to that, if we hold on to those pockets of heaven, which is also not limited by age, if I might say that, it's not limited by age, as young as I am or as old as my grandpa is, uh, he can still fill those pockets of heaven. These moments remind us of the awareness and the presence of God because if we know the goodness of God, then we remember who we are in God. And if we know who we are in God, then all of us being disciples of God can go to others, unbelievers, and provide a pocket of heaven for them. Why? Because eternity is in our hearts. Eternity is in believers' hearts. 
and we have the ability to share that to the world. But you must remember, your life is filled with those pockets too. And if you remember that, then you can go and conquer the world and conquer it together. I remember, um, I remember before we moved to Montana, um, I'm originally from California, which you guys might not like. <laughs> I've heard Montanans don't, really, Montanians don't really like Californians right now. Understandable, but I'm a good one, I promise. <laughs> I know how to make tacos. <laughs> um, and <laughs> um, I remember uh, before we came, me and my wife were just so distraught, uh, like, Lord, you're calling us to move away from our family. Like, I don't have any family in Montana. And you're calling my wife and I, who just got married, to move away from our family? That, that just doesn't make sense. And I remember we're caught in these moments where we're questioning God, like, Lord, why would you call us here? Why, out of all places, would you call us here in this moment? Uh, not that I don't like Montana. I do. I do like Montana. Um, but I remember once we moved here, um, there were struggles a lot, a lot of struggles. Uh, I was living, me and my, my wife and I were living paycheck to paycheck uh, because I didn't know how to do finances, just got married, and I've never had done finances in my life. Um, and not only that, I was in a new place, in a new town, in a new community that I didn't understand or felt like I fit in. Um, but I remember in these moments of anxiety, these moments of stress, these moments where I felt like God was not present, um, I remember at one moment my wife and I were on the, on the carpet of our house crying out to the Lord, why would you call us here and allow us to go through these struggles, Lord? Why would you call us here? Why, why would you call us here? Why, we just got married. Like, why would you want to cause that stress and, and all that chaos in our lives if I just got married? Like, I don't even know how to be a husband yet. I, I'm like two days old in marriage. And um, almost a year now, by the way. Amen. <laughs> um, and I remember being on, the, on, on our knees praying to the Lord. And I remember... There was this presence of God, this pocket of heaven that had came on to us. And the Lord reminded me that wherever I go, wherever the, God, the Lord calls me, I will go through struggles and I will go through chaos, but I can rely on the presence of the Lord. I can stay aware of the presence of the Lord. And with that, I will, even in those moments of struggle, be reminded of how good God was and be reminded of who I was, because if God called me to be a leader, then I'm going to be a leader. It doesn't matter what comes my way. And the Lord has called you to do certain things, and you are not limited by anything, because even in your times of struggles, the Lord is going to remind you of his presence, of his goodness, of his peace. And because of that, you can go out and be disciples of Christ. Let's pray today. We thank you, Lord, that you are good, Father. We thank you, Lord, that your presence is so evident, Lord. I pray, Lord, that this whole congregation, Lord, would leave knowing that their lives are filled with pockets of heaven where the Lord has been tugging on their hearts, Lord. Allow them to live in these pockets of heaven, Father. 
and allow them to be pockets of heaven to others, Lord. I pray, Lord, that they would walk with you, Jesus, and wherever they walk, they would be Jesus to the community, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you are good. I thank you, Father, that you are worthy, Lord. And I thank you for all these people today. Amen.